Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. What's up, Journey Church? You guys can go ahead and take your seat. Thank you for that. If you guys don't know who I am, if this is your first time here, my name is Pastor Liz, and we have the honor and privilege, well, myself, alongside my husband, we have the honor and privilege of pastoring Journey Church. And it is really the joy of our lives. I honestly, just this morning, my husband, just so you know, if you don't see him here today, it's because he's actually preaching in another church. He's in Lakeland. So this is the first time that we're both preaching on a Sunday. So this morning we were just like, didn't know what to do. We're like, do I pray for you? You pray for me? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. But I just want to say that I am just so grateful to be here today. Like, I still can't believe, like, how awesome... God is and everything that he's been doing. Y'all, there's 603 people who've given their lives to Christ just this year. Can we give it up for that? Yes. And I want to say, I don't get the mic often, but I want to just say thank you. Thank you to all of you who come here 7 a.m. 7 a.m., I'm usually still even sleeping during the week. There's people who go to work at 9, but they're here at 7 a.m., just for you, just to be able to set all this up. So I just want to say thank you. So can we give it up to all of our Dream Teamers? If you donated to this church, anything. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all your help, for making Jesus accessible to anyone. And speaking of help, have you ever been in a situation where someone saw you struggling and they asked you if you needed help? But then you're like, no thanks, I got this. I think I can figure it out. But then later on you realize, Man, I should have accepted the help because you were stuck, right? Yeah, so actually this happened to me the first time that my car got stuck. And I say the first time because in my house, we, our cars got stuck a lot because my dad had this philosophy to not buy brand new cars, right? Because he had this idea that like, well, I mean, it's, nowadays it's not even true. You, you drive the car off the lot and actually it's worth more later, right? Now, like that's so weird. But before, right, in my day, I'm 40 years old, y'all. Can you believe that? I know. Still can't believe it. 40 years old. But in my day, whenever you used to drive the car off the lot, apparently it was worth less. Anyways, all that to say, my dad bought old cars. Well, the, one of the first cars he bought me was a BMW 325i. Now, before you're like, ooh, nice. No, okay. This car was like 15 years old, okay? So that means it had a lot of issues. The AC didn't work. Y'all, we, I lived in Florida, okay? I just, I'm born and raised Florida, okay? My husband's from New York, but I'm from here. Hot, okay? And then you would drive the car, and then if you try to put the windows down, they would get stuck, okay? And I would forget, and then the window would get stuck. My car muffler was really loud, and it wasn't because, like, you know those people who like those racing cars, and they soup up their mufflers to make it sound loud on purpose? Mine was loud because it had a hole in it, okay? I used to drive through parking garages, and I used to set off car alarms. It was really bad. And then I used, then there was this problem where I would drive the car, and it would do this thing where you would drive, and it's like, boom, like it would jump, right? It was so weird, right? And, and people would come in my car, and they're like, what's up with your car? And I'm like, I have hydraulics, okay? So anyways, 
so one day I'm driving the car, and for those of you who are watching online, you're probably not gonna know what I'm talking about, but I'm going down Central Florida Parkway, about to cross John Young, right? It's a major intersection on my way to work. I'm in the middle lane. I'm driving the car, and then all of a sudden, the car does a mm boom thing, right? And I'm like, and the car window is down because it's hot outside, right? And so this guy sees this happening. He sees my car do the jump thing. And so he's like, ma'am, well, actually not ma'am. Now they call me ma'am, because I guess because I'm 40 years old, right? I'm like, don't do that, it's making me feel old. Anyway, so he, he says, hey, can I help you? And I'm like, no thanks, I got this. Because in my mind, I'm like, I just do what I normally do. I just you know, shut off the car and turn it back on. And he left, the light turned green. Well, I tried to do the whole thing that I usually do to turn on my car, and it wasn't working, y'all. And I was in the middle of Central Florida Parkway, middle lane. So I get out of the car, and I'm like, what am I gonna do? I do not have the strength to push this car. Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Thank God some other guy came by, saw me struggling, and he was like, this has happened to me before. And I'm like, what? And he helped me push the car to the side of the road. And then he proceeded to tell me, do I have to ask me if I have AAA? I called my dad. Long story short, I was able to get to work. The reason why I share this story is because it wasn't until I realized that I needed the help that I accepted it. And it wasn't until I accepted the help and realized I wasn't going to be able to do this on my own strength, on my own power, on my own skills to get to work. See, the reason why I'm telling you this is because there's places that God wants to take you, destinations that he wants to take you, purposes that need to be fulfilled in your lives. And God sees you struggling all the while, trying to do it on your own strength, on your own power, on your own skills. And every time he sees you struggling and he asks you if you want some help and you tell him no, you're basically telling him, no thanks, I got this. Which leads me to the title of today's talk, No Thanks, I Got This. Where are all my do-it-yourselfers? Right? Yes, okay, I like you. Y'all were the ones like during the pandemic, you're like remodeling your house, right? I remember like my first house, I, we had popcorn ceiling. Does anybody remember? Well, I say remember popcorn ceiling, but people still have it, okay? I hated it, right? Because I have allergies and like the dust would get stuck in it, right? And so my husband, I told him, listen, when we bought our first house, is from the 80s, I'm like, I need you to get rid of this popcorn ceiling. He, he was like, all right, but uh, let me see. Let me get some quotes. He found out how much it cost. Y'all, it was going to cost like $2,000. He's like, forget it. I'll do it by myself, right? Because he was, you know, he's like, let's do this, right? But then he ended up scraping the ceiling, making holes, okay? I remember when we first went to sell the house, the realtor was like, what? And then it was only in the living room because he gave up, right? Like he did just the living room and he was like, this is too much, right? And like a lot of us do that, right? A lot of us are just do-it-yourselfers. Let's just try to do it ourselves, right? But then what happens when you try to do things yourself? You end up getting burnt out, right? Can anybody relate? Like... For me, like sometimes I just wake up in the morning and I just feel like so overwhelmed, like the weight of life, and I just don't know how I'm going to go about my day. Or sometimes maybe you wake up and you just feel like just burnt out and overwhelmed and, and you're, you're trying to get on your way to work and you just, if somebody cuts you off, it's going to be the end of it, right? Like just that's it because you feel so emotional. And I've often felt like that and I feel that way when I'm trying to do life on my own, when I'm not trying to depend on God. And why do we do this? Why do we try to do things on our own? Because we don't want to depend on no one, right? Our life experiences have shown us not to depend on anybody, right? Father's Day was what, last week? 
And I speak to so many people that their fathers maybe walked out on them, right? You depended on, 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 a, on, a, on a mother or a father and they weren't there for you. You depended on a spouse. You guys spoke your vows to each other till death do you part and they walked away from you or they cheated on you, right? So our life experiences show us not to depend on anybody. How about also we are taught when, since we're kids to be independent, right? How many of you guys have kids, right? Yeah. What is like the main thing you try to teach your kid? To try to do things on their own, right? I tried to potty train my son when he was like one years old. Fail, okay? That was a lot of accidents, right? A lot of mess. My son the other day just told me, he's like, mom, he goes, you don't make us lunch anymore, right? Because I'm always trying to teach him how to make things on his own, learn to be on his own, right? We kick the kids out of the house when they're 18 years old, except Hispanics, if we can be real, right? Hispanics, like my dad has a two-story house and he's like, come live in the second store, like second story of my house, right? I'm like, no thanks, I got this. I could do this on my own, right? Furthermore, nobody wants to be independent, right? The word dependent sounds bad. Synonyms are subject to, controlled by. You're seen as weak, incompetent, and needy. Independent sounds better, right? Self-reliant, self-sufficient, self-made. But as much as we like the idea of being independent, we're all dependent on something. We say that people who are dependent on drugs are drug addicts, and that's bad, and we're good because we're not dependent on drugs. But you know what our drug is? Money, and we're dependent on our finances. We say that people who are dependent on alcohol are alcoholics, and that's bad, and we're good, because we're not dependent on alcohol, but we're workaholics, and we're dependent on our success. See, the question is not if you are dependent on something. The question is, what are you dependent on? And the greater question is, can you depend on what you're depending on? Think about it, what are you dependent on? Is it your family? Is it your health? Is it your education? Is it your finances? What's gonna happen if you lose your job? God forbid, but another pandemic comes, right? The market crashes, you lose your health, you end up bankrupt, you find out you have cancer or family members going to die, your whole world falls apart because you're trying to depend on things that are not meant to be dependent on. I've seen it, I've seen women who depend their happiness on having a child, and then they have a miscarriage and their whole world falls apart and they blame God for it and they lose their faith in the process. I've seen entrepreneurs who depend everything on this business, the business doesn't work out, and then they end up giving up on it and they also end up giving up on God. See, God didn't fail us. Whenever these situations happen, we have to understand that God didn't fail us. We just failed to make God the foundation. I will. God didn't fail us. We just failed to make him the foundation. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, Therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man, just like the song we just sang, who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I wrote it this way, dependency on anyone or anything else but God is inevitable disappointment. Mm, that's good. That's so, true. 
So what do we do? If we know that we can't depend on anything else, then we have to learn how to depend on God. And like I said before, it's not easy for us to depend on anyone, but we have to learn how to depend on God. And so what I wanna do with you today is I'm gonna share with you three things that we can learn. And this is from a story in the Bible that shared about two trees. And it's basically contrasting two people, those who try to do life on their own and those who depend on God. And we can find this in Jeremiah 17, five through six. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs. Some versions say tumbleweed in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. I have a picture real quick of a tumbleweed. That's basically what God is saying what happens whenever we try to do life on our own. If you look at this tumbleweed, what? It looks, literally looks burnt out, right? Its survival strategy is to be on its own. It has this no thanks, I got this attitude, right? Its surroundings is what's determined where it's gonna go, so it's easily blown by the wind. So, right? So if your kid talks to you a certain way, what's going to happen? You're easily going to be blown by the wind, right? Any situation, anybody talks to you a certain way at work, you find out that your health is not good. Whatever it is, you're going to be easily blown by the wind. And then if the storm comes, you will easily fall apart. But then Jeremiah 17, 7 through 10 talks about the tree that's dependent on the Lord. It said, but blessed are those who trust or depend in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So this is what it looks like when you depend on God. You're not burnt out. You're green, you're healthy. It's not alone or isolated. If you notice, it's, it's not just a tree. There's trees. It's surrounded by other trees. It doesn't isolate itself. It's rooted and established. What does that mean? If the wind comes, if the rain or the storm comes, it's not going anywhere. It's not bothered. The Bible verse says, how many of you want to be not bothered, right? <laughs> I'm constantly easily bothered. Not overwhelmed, right? If anything, it's overwhelmed by blessings because the Bible verse says it's never stopped producing fruit and not worried because it knows it's provided and cared for because it's connected to the source, which is the water. So I wanna teach you today three things we can learn from this tree. And the first one is learn to depend on God when you're in the fire. Learn to depend on God when you're in the fire. Jeremiah 17:8 says, such trees are not bothered by heat are worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. And so we're basically just breaking down this tree that depends on God. I don't know about you, but I've never heard of trees that their leaves stay green with no heat or water. Where are my plant people at? I know that's like a big deal right now. Yes, okay. I call myself a plant person. I mean, I've killed a few plants, but hey. Like, I still have some, I have a tree, actually. I say I don't have trees, I have a tree at home, I'm so sad. Have you guys ever heard of the fiddle leaf fig tree? Oh my God, I, they should call it the fickle leaf fig tree or something like that, right? Because like, that, I got on Mother's Day two years ago, it was so lush and beautiful, and now it's, I don't know, Lord help me with this plant. Anyways, whenever I go out of town and I don't water my plants, I was just out of town this week for a couple of days, I come back, they look dry, shriveled up sometimes, right? I, 
their, their leaves don't stay green, right? So when I read this Bible verse, I was really confused because I'm like, how does it say their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit, even in heat and drought? And so I homeschool my kids and I might not be the best at science, but there's something I know for sure. What do you get when you combine heat and drought? Fire, exactly. And then it dawned on me, God is saying, if you depend on me, even in the midst of harsh conditions like fire, aka trials, you are not only going to survive, but something good is going to come out of it. You will produce fruit. Yes. You will produce fruit. And so I had to keep reading. I'm like, God, I don't understand this. How am I going to produce fruit in the fire? This doesn't make sense. Well, then I read another Bible verse. And it, basically, God is saying by refining you. Zechariah 13, 9 says, This third I will put in the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. See, God's people, us, are, to be, are put in the fire to be refined. And what does that mean to be refined? That means to get rid of impurities or unwanted elements. See, he allows us to go through these trials because he's trying to get rid of impurities in our lives. And I'm gonna let you know how this played out in my life. I was put in the fire when I lost my son. I know many of you don't know the story. We have two healthy boys, Justice and Zane, but we also were pregnant with a third son. And seven hours after having him, he passed away. And I remember going through that situation and it was tough, but something that I realized is that I did not appreciate the two healthy kids that I had. And so I was put in the fire when I lost my son because I needed ungratefulness and entitlement removed. I was put in the fire when I lost my sister last year so that God can teach me not to waste the remaining years of my life. I needed complacency removed. I needed to stop just sitting around and being comfortable where I was at and do something with the remaining years of my life. I was put in the fire when I found out that my husband was struggling with pornography and I quickly wanted to point fingers at him and judge him and God showed me that I had issues that I needed to work out in my life and I needed to stop pointing the finger at him. So God showed me that I needed my pride and judgmental attitude removed. See, sometimes the fire that God puts us through is an indication that God wants to remove something out of our lives and replace it with something good. So if, you hear, if you're here and you feel like you're being put in the fire of being single <laughs> and it burns, he is refining you because he's trying to get rid of selfishness so that when you get into that next relationship, you don't mess it up with your egocentric attitude, right? If you're put in the fire with the loss of your job, he is refining you. Some people are like, dang, she went there, yes. <laughs> I gotta speak the truth. Maybe you lost your job and he's trying to refine you and get rid of laziness and irresponsibility so that when the next job comes around, you don't mess that one up. Or maybe if you're put in the fire of a medical or mental diagnosis, he's refining you and he's getting rid of this overworking attitude that you have and trying to show you how to slow down and depend on him. The Bible verse, if we go back to it, says, test them like gold. See, gold is put in the fire to get rid of the impurities. And the hotter the fire, the purer the gold. That's actually a quote I got from Katy Perry. The hotter the fire, the purer the gold. I know God can minister to you even through people like that. You never know. But I don't know about you, but I'm, I, Pastor JJ has talked about it. So I'll just admit it. Yes, I'm kind of bougie, all right? 
he talks about how I'm allergic to fake gold. I can wear it just for a little bit, but then I start scratching after a while. But I, I could be a little bougie. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to be that 10 karat gold that maybe is put in the fire, but not enough to get rid of all the really serious impurities that I'm going through, right? I want to be that 24 karat gold. So if you're here today and you say, I want to be that 24 karat gold, allow God to put you through the fire. And remember that when you're put in the fire to just depend on him because he's making you more valuable. He's making you that 24 karat gold. And if you're here today and you don't feel like 24 karat gold, you don't feel very valuable, well then learn to depend on him when you feel like you're insufficient. I often, if I can be real with you, that's the only way Pastor JJ and I know how to pastor. I often feel very insufficient. Whenever Pastor JJ asks me to come on this stage and speak or anyone, Freedom Conference, whatever it be, I feel very insufficient. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing as a pastor. Half the time people come to me, ask me, when is small groups, when is this? And I have no idea half the time, right? I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but I really do often feel insufficient. I've literally woken up crying when I know that God is calling me to do something that I don't feel like I'm qualified for. I've woken up crying saying, God, would you take this feeling away from me so I could just step into what you have for me? And you know what happens? He doesn't take it away. But you know what I realized? That there's power in that. And I call that the power in my weakness. And I'm gonna read you the Bible verse that he shared with me whenever I feel that way. 2 Corinthians 12, eight through nine says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. That's literally been me. God, just take it from me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I always read this and it didn't make sense to me. He says, but then therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest upon me. I realized something, why don't we like to have weaknesses? Because then we have to depend on someone else to help us. And I know it sounds messed up, but God wants us to be in that position. He allows us to have those weaknesses so that we have to depend on Him, right? I don't know about you, but whenever I feel weak, I pray more, I read my Bible more, I fast more, I get into His presence more. And, and an, a side note, prayer is not something that you do just to do. It's, I, I don't know, I lift weights. I might not look at, like it, but I just, I had to cover my muscles here right here because if I show you, <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> but for real, I lift weights. And so I realized something when I would go to the bench press, if I was going to try to lift a heavier weight than I've never lifted before, I always call on my husband to come over and spot me. Why? Because I know that if I try to do it on my own, it might end up falling on me. It's never happened before because I always call him over. I know it's happened to him. But that's what... <laughs> the other day, true story. The other day, I wish I didn't have my headphones on because I was like two benches down. And he's like, babe, you didn't see that? I'm like, what? He was like, the bench fell on me. I mean, the, the bar, whatever. Anyways, I was like, dang, I mixed it. I would have recorded it. I would have posted it so y'all could see it too. But anyways, <laughs> that's what prayer is for us, right? Whenever we ask for that spotter, that's like asking God to spot us before we start our day because we know that we can't do it on our own. So he likes it when you're put in that position that you need him. He likes it when you feel like you don't know what you're doing. He likes it when you feel entrained. He likes it when you feel like you are not enough. So if you feel like any of these words describe you, then you're in a good place 
Because then when you depend on him, the Bible verse says, then his power will rest upon you. And don't ever use the excuse that you have a weakness not to fulfill God's plan for your life. Because I wrote it this way, our insufficiency plus God's power equals the opportunity for miracles. The Bible, the Bible says that if you have faith like a mustard seed, he can move mountains. So that means that he moves mountains with an insufficient mustard seed. The Bible also talks about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Did you guys know that she was a teenage girl from the hood, y'all? She was from the hood. Talk about her maybe feeling like she's insufficient. He used her to bring forth the savior of the world. And this is how I picture Jesus. If he had a basketball team and he was on the court picking players, he'd pick the scrawniest, the shortest, most unqualified people to be on his team. He'd pick me because I am not good at basketball, right? But you know what? He would still win the game because that's my God and that's how he works. Whenever you feel insufficient, he takes you and he does something great. As a matter of fact, he did. His disciples, the people he chose to be with him while he traveled and preached, they were called unschooled ordinary men. My husband shared this with me too. The Greek word for ordinary is idiotes, by the way. So if you feel like an idiot... <laughs> Know that if you depend on God and his power will rest upon you and you will accomplish everything he has for you. So if you feel like you're insufficient in your workplace, walk in confidence because he chose you to work in that place. Depend on him and his power is going to rest upon you, right? I don't know about you, but I constantly feel insufficient as a parent, right? I tell, I tell my husband all the time, I know our kids are going to end up in therapy and half the time it's going to be because of me, right? Because of me yelling at them or whatever the case is. But if you feel insufficient as a parent, know that God has chose you to be the parent of those kids, right? If you just depend on him, walk in confidence, his power will rest upon you. And maybe you're here today and you say, I'm not going through the fire and I don't feel insufficient but I do feel worried. Well then learn to depend on him when you are worried. Jeremiah 17, eight says, such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. And I highlighted the portion that says worried. These trees are not worried by long months of drought, why? I know that trees don't have minds and they're not worried, but this is a metaphor. They are not worried because they know that the rain is gonna come again. That the season that they're going through of drought is just a season and the rain is gonna come again. And I feel like the reason why we don't depend on God is because we have amnesia sometimes, y'all. We forget everything that God has done in our lives. And if we only remember what God has done in our lives and we can rest on the fact that he's gonna do again what he did before, just in the situations that we're going through now. And there's somebody in the Bible named David. Um, I love reading about David because like me, he has amnesia and he also has mood swings, okay? I love reading about him because he goes from happy to sad in an instant. I don't know about you, but that's me. I'll go shopping, I'll go with my friends, whatever, I come home, the kids leave a mess, and I turn into like the Incredible Hulk, right? And that's David. And this is what he says in Psalms. He starts out really just crying out to God, saying, God, he's so dramatic, by the way, crying out to God, saying, God, you've left me. Psalm 77, seven through 12 says, will the Lord walk off and leave us for good? Will he never smile again? Is his love worn threadbare? Threadbare, like that's when you know you're dramatic when you're saying words you don't even know. Like I had to look that up. 
It just basically means thin. Has his salvation promise burnt out? Has God forgotten his manners? Has he angrily stomped off and left us? Just my luck, I said. The high God retires just the moment I need him. And that's him just complaining to God. But then this is where he switches gears. He goes from worry and despair to realizing he could depend on God. He says, once again, I'll go over what God has done. Lay out on the table the ancient wonders. I'll ponder all the things you've accomplished and give a long loving look at your acts. See, it wasn't until he remembered what God had done in his life that he can rest and know and not worry on what he was gonna do in his present situations. And I don't know about you, but I do this very often at home in the mornings when I'm worried about whatever situation I'm facing at the time. I literally have a list of all the things that God has done in my life. And I cry over that list just to give me faith to know that God has been there for before and he's gonna be there again. So I'm gonna share that list with you this morning. I title it, Remember. Remember he was there when you almost died the day you got into your car and started to drive recklessly in the rain after a heated argument with your boyfriend and crashed into that light pole and he saved your life. He was there when you were overwhelmed with grief because you made a decision to remove the baby from your room because you were scared you couldn't raise that baby alone and he helped you get through your guilt. He was there when you were overwhelmed with grief. Oh, sorry, I already said that one. My tears are like blocking. <laughs> he was there when you were bound to sex, drugs, and alcohol because you didn't know any other way to cope with your pain and he showed you that you didn't need those things and that all you needed was him. He was there when you felt unworthy of love from the countless guys that told you they loved you and later walked away and he showed you his love for you was greater than any love you could ever receive from any guy. He was there when you were afraid of falling into depression because you lost your baby boy and he gave you a newfound joy in the children you have now. He was there when you were called into ministry and felt like there was no way you could live up to the expectations of what it meant to be a pastor. And he showed you that even though you aren't worthy, he is and is calling upon you and your love for people is why he chose you. He was there when you were afraid of losing your husband and marriage to pornography and felt like you were not enough for him. And he showed you that unconditional love and grace is what would heal your marriage. He was there for you when you felt like the weight of ministry was going to be too hard and you were going to break and you weren't going to make it and he gave you strength and he is there with you now. And this is the part where it changes for me what? When I remember what he has done, I rest on what he's gonna do. Amen. He is here with you now while you cry over the fact that your brother isn't in relationship with Jesus and you're afraid that you will not see him in heaven one day. When we remember what he has done, we can rest on what he will do. I have faith that God is gonna do something in my brother's life. And if you're new to church and you're here and you're like, I don't really know if God has been there for me. I don't really know if God really loves me. You have to know that he does and he has been there for you. He was there for you in 2020 when you felt like you weren't gonna make it. He was there for you when you went to the doctors and you were afraid of the diagnosis you were gonna get and it came back ne negative. He was there for you when you lost your job, but somehow your family was still supplied for. And if you're here today, sitting in these seats or watching online, it's because God has been there for you. And if you're here today and you haven't been depending on God, and you've had this no thanks I got this attitude, 
I don't think I want religion. I'm trying to do life on my own. And you want to change that today. If you're sitting in your seat today and you're like, it hasn't been working on my own. And I've realized that. I've been depending on the wrong things. I haven't been God my foundation. I want to give you an opportunity today to accept Him into your life and to depend on Him. So if we can all bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you today. We thank you for this message. We thank you. I thank you because all the situations that I've been through have brought me to this place here to be able to encourage others, God, that if all we have to do is just depend on you, that life won't be easy, but at least we won't be alone. And you're gonna walk us through it, God. If you're here today and you realize you can't do life on your own anymore, if you've been saying, no thanks, I got this, but you realize today, God, without you, I can't do this, and you wanna accept him into your life, on the count of three, when I count to three, just raise your right hand as a sign and a signal saying, God, I need you in my life today. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. You could put your hand down. If you raise your hand, pray this prayer after me. And church, if you could pray this prayer as well, loud and proud to show them that they're not alone. Dear God, I've realized today I've been depending on the wrong things and I need to make you my foundation. Lord, I accept you into my heart and into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we all stand to our feet? We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.